Hey, you guys, welcome to the De La Sabio podcast. This is your host, De La Sabio. This is a show where I will teach you how to work in your fullest potential, get closer to God, and truly enjoy your success. This is a place where we can be ourselves with no filter added, where we can discuss those same things that are holding us back from being completely free. Let's get this work. Hey, you guys, welcome back to yet another episode. Bienvenidas, welcome back, mis amores, to another week. Today, you are listening to episode nine of this podcast, and I usually say that I'm excited, but this podcast episode is going to be a little different than the rest. I am not so excited. Reason being, the Lord is leading me to be a little bit more transparent with my testimony. And so I am going to be sharing a little bit of my testimony on today's podcast. Some of you might be saying, yay, but I'm just like, "Mm." I don't know about this, Lord, um, but I trust him. I trust him and I trust that whatever I'm going to share will enlighten your path that will restore the hope that you have, that the baby inside of you will leap out of motivation, excitement, because I feel like we have already spoken about business. We've spoken about um, self-development, the things that we have to do wherever you are now. I was once there and the Lord wants me to share with you that it is possible that everything that I have been teaching you on this podcast, I know because I lived it. I know because I overcame it and through his power and through his grace, I was able to be where I am today on this day, self-employed, working for my, well, working for him Um, allowing him to fully guide me in all my ventures, all of my success. So he wants me to share my testimony on how it all began. So you can see that the title of this podcast is How I Got Here. And then it says, I knew there was more. And that's something that I said to myself over and over and over again before I found Christ. And this is the story on how I got here. Let's start in the year 2016. So in the year 2016, here I am, just graduated from college. Before I left college, actually, um, probably like three months before graduating, I had already landed a job. So when I was graduating, I already knew where I was going to be working, you know, how much I was going to be making a year and all that. So in the same month that I graduated from college was the same month I began um, working at an office as a telemarketer. I was working in the technology field to be specific. And um, I was super, super excited when I first landed this job because it was my first office job. Um, I've, I've always had the gift of an administrator. I've been in, I've began really working in an office when I was in high school. I was hired to work in the office, just helping them with the files, picking up the phone and things like that. I was working at my high school for that. And when I went to college, I was also working at the um, admissions office for the EOP specifically. Shout out to my EOP people, man, EOP held it down for me. I am an EOP student. So shout out to y'all EOP, hold it down. Anyways. So yes, um, I've always had that gift of administrator, even at, at home, living with my mom. I've, you, I always was the one who will be sorting out the mail, put in the paperwork and it's right belonging. Even in my own home right now, I have filers all over the place because I need things to be organized. Anyway, so back to this office job. I began this office job and I knew I wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be like a filing paper, sit at the desk and answer phone calls and things like that. It was more like a selling events to different clients. So the clients that we had, they were a mix of new clients and also old clients and they were all organizations and um, we will sell them the events that we had. We had networking events and, you know, I'll get on the phone and I'll tell them, I'll pitch them the networking event and then they will decide if they want to bring their, um, their, their employees to the conference and things like that. So that's how it worked. And that's exactly what I did. Anyways, um, the thing was that, well, two things. 
I was very successful at what I did. And I was able to grab a hold on things and master things in a short time frame. So one thing that I knew in a second month that I wasn't going to be there for long, that just the way everything was set up, I just looked at it. I was like, I'm not going to be here for long. This is like a cubicle. It's not for me. Like I'm not a cubicle type of person. I'm more of a butterfly. So this is not going to, I'm not going to be here for long. And also I, I am a person that I like to be challenged. I like to be, um, I like to excel. I like to grow. I like to learn some certain things and not saying that in this job, I wasn't able to grow, but I definitely had the mentality that I can pick and choose the days that I can, that I wanted to be successful. Like for example, because I was so good at what I did, um, I picked I picked and choose when I wanted to come in and do a great job because it was so easy for me. And so instantly I was like, no, this is not for me. It's not going to work. I want, I like to be challenged. I want a challenge. That way I am able to grow and have hope for something. But in a position that I was, I was challenged, but not to the level where I, I needed to be challenged. So I was like, no, this is not for me. It's not going to work. So at this point in my life, I am working straight out of college at my first job. I am making more money than I have ever made. I am making, I am actually on salary. It is not hourly or anything like that. So I went from like retail to working at an office job. And for me, that was an accomplishment. That was um a elevation because I came from like working at Victoria's Secret and I worked at Victoria's Secret for three years and a half. And then I went into an office job where I had a set schedule. I knew what time I was going to be in and out. And I had my weekends free for, for me, that was a difference that that was a difference. And that's what um, made me excited about the whole thing. And plus I was working in an office job. So I'm so grateful that during my last year of college, I was part of a prestigious mentoring program for women in school that was able to help me with the idea of securing a job before finishing school. So before walking across the stage, I was so grateful that I already knew where I was going to be working, which made my process and my summer, my job, after graduation, so much easier. So at this point in my life, I was partying, I was going to bars, I was drinking, and I was twerking, to be honest, okay? I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I was just in a world of, I want to have fun. So for my whole college career, I didn't really have a lot of fun because I've spent a lot of time working. I was working full-time at Victoria's Secret and I was going to school full-time and I was taking care of my baby, Linda, which is my car, taking care of her for full-time. So I didn't I didn't feel like I had enough space to really have fun. So after college, to me, I was like, all right, so now I'm gonna have fun. So that's what I did. I did, I went to bars with my coworkers. It was great, it was fun. I found myself twerking most of the days. That's what I remember, I found myself drinking I was never the type to drink to get drunk um I just like to drink to feel to feel uh you know tipsy I didn't I didn't drink to get drunk that wasn't my thing um I like to remember things and I like to be here on earth like I don't I don't want to dwindle and forget where I was and what happened that was never my thing but anyway so I started this was my summer 2016 was the summer of turn up it was lit. It was turned up. I wanted to be at bars. We were out all the times. I was out with my sisters, my cousins, my uncles. Like we were out, my friends, my coworkers, you name it. We were out all the time. And so all of this was fun and all, you know, and like I mentioned before that on my weekends, I had my weekends free because I was working at Victoria's Secret before. So my weekends weren't guaranteed. When you're working in retail, you're sometimes your weekends are not guaranteed. Y'all know this. And so, you know, I was having a great time in all. And, you know, it came to a point where summer had wrapped up and it ended. And now the reality of me moving out of my mom's house began to settle in even more. I was like, okay, I had fun. 
now I'm like, I'm getting a little tired of it because it's the same thing. It's the same thing over again, right? Go to work, get drunk, party, go to work, get drunk, party, get a, go to work, get drunk, party. And I was kind of getting tired of it. I'm like, and my coworkers, they were still pumped up. They were ready. They was like, Zayla, come out, come out. Let's go here. Let's go there. They were always inviting me to certain things. And I was just like, at first I was with it. But then after a while, I was just like, y'all do this every weekend? Like every weekend after work we were at the bar thursday friday saturday and sunday y'all wanted to hang out too monday tuesday i was like this is too much i can't do this and it wasn't even about the money it was about the energy and i my body felt tired i had to choose an outfit all the time i just couldn't do it i i was like i ain't built for this i ain't going out with y'all i'm sorry and it just was, it was what it was. I was unapologetic about it. They just knew Dayla didn't want to go out after a while. So they stopped inviting me. And to be honest, I was tired. Like we could, we have to drink all the time. Why do we have to drink? Can we go read a book together? Like that was my mentality. Like I was so sick and tired of it. Like I was like, nah, this drinking life and this, this office life with young people and they want to drink all the time is not for Dela. It is not for Dela. Dela didn't sign up for this. At the beginning, it was fun, but now it's getting a little tiring. We're all the way in the fall season. We drank the whole summer and now it's fall and we're doing the same thing and we're going to walk into winter doing this. And no, nobody got time for that. Dela Sabio had logged out. She was done. She was now focusing on applying to apartments, viewing different spaces and things of that sort. So in the midst of this, I began to feel incomplete. I began to feel like there has to be more, like this can't be it. Like I began to question life on the real, like, okay, we work nine to five. We work Monday to Friday, right? So we get to rest Saturday, Sunday come, Sunday come, honey, and you already preparing for the whole week. You already preparing for the five days that is to come ahead of you. So I, I began to look at work differently. I was like, this is tiring. Like, why this this can't be life. There has to be more to this. I was just sick of it. I was like, there has to be more. There has to be more. This can't be it. I'm looking at the faces of people who have been working there for more than 20 years, 15 years. And they were so proud and so excited of the fact that they've been working there for so long. But what do you have to show for yourself? And no disrespect to the people who have been working in companies for so long, but I just didn't. I People felt so proud of saying, I've been here for 10 years. But to me, I didn't like that. That sounds crazy to me. I was scared. My eyes were like, whoa. My eyes grew looking at them like, uh-uh. Ain't nobody got time to be in no job for no 10 years. I'm still in the same position. If I'm going to be a, a toilet cleaner, let me let me be the management of the toilet cleaner by the end of my 10 year being there. And let me establish a lot of different toilet companies all over the nation because I have excelled in every position that I have been in in a company. Like ain't nobody got time to be in the same position for so long. Nobody. My brain will log out. Literally, I was in this job for nine months and my brain locked out after the second month. I was like, I can't do this. I know I'm not going to be here for long. But anyways, like I said, no disrespect to anybody, but this is just how Dela Sabio felt at the time. And so I began to feel incomplete, y'all. Like I had to, I was like, there got to be something else to this. Like I done went to college for four years. Now I'm working a nine to five. I am, I am paying back my student loans, but there is something else to life. So this is there's something else like nah I couldn't get my head my my even the way I sound right now I can't explain it but that's how I felt at the time I just couldn't explain it I felt incontent like I was incomplete like there had to be something else and I was not fully happy like I had a smile on my face and all but I was not really happy and another thing is that I have always been the same forever I'm always happy. I'm always excited. I'm always joyful. Um, in the morning when I used to come into work, you know, I always say good morning and things like that. And I used to come in there happy, ready to tackle on the day's task and things like that. And my coworkers used to say, why are you so happy? 
it's still morning. It's too early for this. Why are you smiling? Why are you always smiling? And I heard people tell me this all the time. And I was just like, I work a I I work around a whole bunch of grumpy bears. What has happened to you that you can't smile? Why are you trying to, why are you trying to drag me down into your grumpy land? I don't want to go to your grumpy land. Thank you for the invitation, but I'm happy. And though I see, though I seem happy inside, do you really know that I feel grumpy just like you're showing in your face inside? I feel incomplete. I feel unhappy, but I'm not showing that in my face because I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to completely make it look on my face because I know that it makes a difference anyways and I also heard people say that to me um from my family not my family but you know my my partner's family like oh you're always happy I need to be more like you you're always happy and I I cannot imagine something bad happening to you and you're not having a smile on my face let me tell you something grumpy bears get your life like stop walking around with with this perception that the world owes you something the world don't owe you nothing you owe God your life people people try to make me feel like I was wrong because I was happy because I was content with myself because I looked content with myself but little did they know I still questioned who I was I still was questioning who what what's my position here on this earth what am I supposed to accomplish I was already thinking about my next generation and I'm looking at people upset with their life people who have two kids they're single people who have been working in the same position for 20 years they're grumpy as hell they can't get a smile they can't even say hi they're so uh, they're so upset. They gossip about everybody else. And they, they as soon as they get around me, they feel all offended because I have all the happy jewels and they don't want none of it. Because for so long, they've been sipping from their grumpy cup. And as soon as they see somebody who have the who are full of light, who is young, who is beautiful, who is happy, they're just like, oh, no, you got to go. You a threat to this grumpy land. And we trying to be grumpy forever. And I was like, no. I can't be here. I cannot be here. But though I do believe that the Lord had used me there for the nine months to be a light in that dark, in the darkness. I do believe that. Anyways, so I felt like a butterfly in a tight box. I was unable to fly. Y'all, I was unable to be myself completely. Why? Because I didn't even know who I was. I didn't even know who I was, but I just felt helped down. Like I said, I felt incomplete. I feel like something, there's something more to life. Like, can I wake up in the morning and feel excited to come to work? Can I wake up in the morning and have a purpose and say, you know what? This is what I'm going to do today. And I'm excited about it. I didn't feel that. And I wanted to feel that. And I knew it was possible. So me getting up every day to go to work, I was like, this is not it. I know there's more to life and I know this is not it. And in order to get there, I know I have to do something I've never done before. This is my young mind thinking like, okay, there has to be something else to life. So I began looking. I was like, "Mm -mm." and if I could be honest, in that time, I felt myself slipping into a, a depression. I felt myself slipping into a depression. And in the month of November of 2016, that uncomfort grew stronger it began to bubble like I began to feel uncomfortable even more and I knew that the time was near that I had to leave my job that I had to tell my supervisor hey um there's no reason in particular but I just can't do this I can't do this I don't feel like I was harassed I don't feel like um you guys were unfair with me there's none of that I just can't do this I gotta go because if I stay here longer I'm going to be I'm going to grow depressed and grumpy like everybody else around here, just chasing the money. And I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing purpose. And I remember saying to myself, you can't pay me to lose myself. I remember, oh my God, I remember feeling it in my belly. Like I, when I made the decision to go into my supervisor's office on that day of January, 2017, I said to her, you can't pay me. There's no money in the world that can ever pay me to be in this position and be discontent, to feel incomplete, to feel like I still need to go somewhere else, to feel like there's more. I said, you can't pay me to lose myself. 
I can't do this. I cannot do this. It felt so wrong. I felt wrong to myself. And so that was my that was my um beginning journey of looking for something. I was looking for something. I was on a hunt. I knew there was more. So at this point, like I mentioned before, I was living with my mom. My mom is a single parent. I lived with my three, four sisters at the time. And mentally, I was unable to live with my mom. My mind just craved for a different environment. And the reason being is that I just felt like I needed a change. I needed somewhere I needed to be somewhere different and I needed to be on my own. I felt like in college I was kind of on my own and I was very well successful doing that. So I wanted to challenge myself and being completely alone. I just knew I had to leave soon. Um, and so I was actively looking for apartments and um, on my way to work and from work, I made it my business to mentally stimulate my mind. Like I always wanted to feed myself some knowledge, some type of wisdom, you know, like I like to learn things I didn't know before. Um, so I'm always like a student. I'm always learning. I'm always reading. I'm always looking for different ways to challenge my mind, challenge my thinking, elevate the way I say things, um, add new words into my vocabulary and things like that. So I'm, I'm constantly learning. But anyways, when I was work, when I was heading to work, I would pick up a newspaper and, you know, read the news stories in a newspaper and look at the advertisements and things like that. And so when I was looking at the advertisement on this particular day it was sometime in the fall, I believe it was like um, September of 2016. I was I found an ad and the ad was from the New York Housing Connect. And that's when I found the opportunity on um, different apartments. It was based on lottery, you had to apply online and fill out the application and things like that. Once you are able to fill out the application, you're able to apply to different apartments around New York City, because the governor, he was building um, new apartments all over New York. And so I jumped on the opportunity. Um, Something said to me, this is going to be this can be different. Because what I was doing at the time, I was looking at apartments online, I believe truly at dot com and I was scheduling visits you know, actively looking at different apartments and things like that. I will look at apartments in Harlem. I wanted to move to Harlem, but um, it just didn't work. I mean, I found like a studio and the studio was like $1,500. I had to share the bathroom. It was crazy. Like looking for apartments in New York City is no joke. It is no joke, honey. Like ugh, I felt so, so, so defeated with looking for apartments. I spent a long time looking for apartments. And so I took the opportunity. I'm, I was like, this is, this could be different. This different process. This is New York Housing Connect. So I jumped on the opportunity. When I got to work that morning, I went and I, I made an account with them and I couldn't really concentrate, you know, on everything at work. When I went home that evening, I went and I applied for about, Within that week, I think I applied to all of the apartments that were that were available. And I think that was probably like 50 to 60 apartments. I didn't care where it was. I just knew I needed out. I needed out. I couldn't be in the same environment where I was. So I needed to just get out. Um, I applied to apartments in Harlem, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. I didn't care where I was going in the Bronx. I didn't care where I was going. I just needed to go. Um, and so this was around the same time that I was beginning to feel like I had to leave my job. So guys, in the, in the year of 2017, January, I quit my job. And when I told my supervisor, she was like, I knew it. You're a social butterfly. You're still young. I see you always attending different networking events. You're always meeting new people and you always tell me about them. So I figured that you were looking for a different opportunity. And I just had it to make it clear to her, like, I'm not looking to go to a different job just yet. I just need a break. I just need a break. I just need to go and travel and enjoy life a little bit before making a decision on where I need to go next because definitely an office, it's not for me. Um, working in an office job as a telemarketer, that's not something I want to do. I don't care how much money I get paid. Um, but I felt lost. I felt like I was slipping into a depression. It was just not good for me. Um, and I knew, like I keep saying, I wanted more from life. 
I did not want to be like everybody else. And, you know, the thing is, it was hard for me to leave because I knew I was beginning to grow um, a relationship and I was beginning to grow with the people around me. They knew me. I knew them. You know, some of them, even today, I still call them, you know, I consider one of them actually my bros. Um, And he actually moved out to California earlier this year. And which made me sad, but I'm going to go visit him sometime. Um, but yeah, like I began to get close to the people and the people knew me and I knew them. And, you know, they expected like they knew how I worked. They knew I was successful and they knew I was, you know, organized, clean, straight to the point, confident. I was bold and they loved having me around. Like I was kind of like this sprinkle to their cupcake. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hype myself up, but. I knew I make a difference. I know I made a difference in that office and I know I make a difference wherever I go. Anyways, so I quit my job and like I said, I knew I needed more. So here I am in the month of February. This is the month of me just being normal. So I was cleaning out a lot of paperwork in my room. I was throwing some clothes away. Like I was able to kind of just organize a few things. I... And I was looking through my emails and I found a lot of things. I was unsubscribing from a lot of things that was unnecessary. Old Navy, um, Gab, everybody. I was unsubscribing because I just, my email was crazy. I had thousands and thousands of emails. And I was like, there's no way that I should be having so much emails. Like I look at the number and my head hurts. Anyway, so I found myself cleaning everything and I found myself inside of the spam box. And inside of the spam box, I found an email was from one of the apartments that I had applied to from the New York Housing Connect. And they wanted to interview me with a long list of documents. I was excited. I was like, I was jumping up with joy. Like, I was like, oh my God. They want to interview me. It's an apartment. They got back to me. And I was checking to see if it was like real. So I looked up. I did my research, y'all. Y'all know how I do. I got to make sure you legit. So I found out it was legit. I called the number. I made an in, I made an appointment for the interview. Actually, the day that the date that was only available was a few days away from my departure to London. Yes. So I decided to travel overseas for a whole month. On the month of March 2017, I decided that I was going to go to Europe together with my boyfriend, Shaq. We were going to go and we were going to travel and just, you know, explore Europe for a whole month. And the day only day available was the day before us getting on a plane. So that was the problem. Some of you might think, oh, it's just a regular interview and all of that. No, it wasn't just a regular interview. They had a whole list of documents that I had to get. Now, getting these documents, is it needs time. You know, I needed to get official documents from different areas of my life. Oh, my God, y'all. My mind went bananas. I went from thinking of what I'm going to pack to I need to get this done. And I, I don't have much time. So what happened? The day that I had to go out to the interview, the buses were down. The trains were down. It was crazy. Like, I, it was a fight to get there. It was so hard to get there. I almost felt defeated. I almost felt like, why am I doing this? This is not working. Why am I doing this? This is not going to work. I'm going to be living in my mom's house forever. Everything is going wrong. Like maybe this is just a sign that I should just give up. But something in me just just encouraged me to keep going. So I was late to my interview. And if you know me, I don't like being late. And if especially if it's an interview to something so important in my life right now, a new apartment, I was I was very disappointed in myself. So I was beating myself up already, though it really wasn't myself, my fault, but I was beating myself up. I ended up taking a cab, which was like, I was so upset. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. And so I got there and turned out that I didn't have everything that I needed. And there were some things that were that were not listed 
on the list that they required on that day. The only thing is I was like two days. I know I said a day before, but it was really two days. So I was flying out on a Wednesday and this was Monday. So Monday was my interview and I only had Monday and Tuesday to get everything together because the next morning, no, no, no. I was flying out Tuesday night. I was flying out Tuesday night. So I had a little bit of time to get everything together. So I turned in the documents that I did have. And now I had to scramble and get all the official documents from the banks and everything like that for my mom. I had to get some certain things authorized. And um, girl, I don't know how I was able to get everything done, but I did. Now, let me go back and tell you that I was completely honest with the person who was interviewing me. And I told them, in a few days, I'm going to be away from the country for a whole month. I just want to be honest with you because I don't want that to be to jeopardize my application process. And being that, you know, she was telling me that they're going to reach out to me. The company may reach out to me with more proof of documents. So I was a little nervous. I was like, I won't be here. So I don't know how that's going to work. And so long story short, she's like, then you should just drop out. You should just don't continue the application. There's other people on the list who are ready to receive their apartment. And obviously you're not in in a position to get everything that you need right now. So what I suggest for you to do is drop out of everything and just quit. And when I tell y'all, my mind just went blank for a little while. I was like, okay, you're human. You're telling me this, but you're not the ultimate overseer of things. I don't know what in me said that, but I just felt like that wasn't the final say. And I was not going to let this rock. So something in me just jumped like, okay, I'm going to get everything done. Watch me work. So I told her, list everything that you need and watch me return tomorrow morning with everything you need. And so I came back, sure enough, it I had to pull strings together to make it work. But God made a way. And mind you, at this point, I was not saved. I didn't know God. I didn't know. This is just Dela operating on Dela terms and conditions. And um. Yeah, so I came back the next day, Tuesday morning, and I gave her everything that I needed for my app to complete my application. And she was in shock. In fact, she she thought I was done. She thought I was going to drop out, like she said. I felt so discouraged when she said that to me, but I knew this wasn't going to be my end. I had to fight, fight, fight my way through. I knew I had to fight through something. I had to fight for something I didn't even have. But I know I had to show myself approved. Like, Dela, if you want this, you're going to have to make it work. I don't care how much it costs you to get things done, but you got to get it done. So that's exactly what I did. I had to be my own cheerleader and get it done. And so what I did before I left, I left a whole folder of everything that I gave to the interviewer. So I made sure that before I got on the plane, just in case they needed a document faxed over to them or emailed to them anything, that it was all in my room, on my bed, easy to find. Everything was there because I was unable to physically do that because I was outside of the country. Um, so sure enough, like she said, they emailed me, though I know I gave everything that they asked for in the document that I gave the interviewer, they they emailed me saying that they need a few things um, to complete my application, and I and I know I gave it to them, you know, and so not the application because the application I already um, turned that in to complete the process, and so it just happened so that on the weekend that they emailed me, my sister was home from college and she was able to fax it over to them in the same day. Glory to God. Just thinking about this. I'm just like, yo, God is so divine. Like, who knew? 
I knew I wasn't going to be around and I was nervous because I'm like, I don't know how much how much time my mom do this, but my sister was to the rescue and she was happy to get things done and it was successful and I was just filled with joy. So that completed the um whole apartment paperwork submission and all things. So now the waiting came in. So now I'm overseas. I'm having an amazing time with my boyfriend, Shaq. We visited five different countries. We went to London, Amsterdam, Spain, Paris, and Rome. And it was absolutely amazing. We had a great time. My 23rd birthday, I spent my 23rd birthday in Rome. And it was absolutely beautiful. Anyways, during this process of me waiting and me on vacation, I felt like I needed, like, I just wanted to know more about God. Like things were happening so, so divinely back to back. And I'm like, who are you? If you're really God, show me, show me that you're God, show me that you're real. And the thing about me is that I don't care what people say about you. It don't matter. I have to have that personal encounter. I wanted to know for myself that you are real. I wanted to know with my five senses that you up there that call yourself God is actually real. So what I did is I started questioning and sure enough, he showed himself like he came and he showed out and I actually spooked myself. I was like, oh, I think this God thing is real. This God person, he's real. And so that was good for me because I needed to know that it was he was actually real. But at this point in my life, I was just questioning, like, who is God? Like, who's Jesus? If you're God, who's Jesus, you know? And who's this Holy Ghost that they keep talking about? I was questioning everything, y'all, everything. So before I move forward, let me just go through the timeline real quick because I don't want y'all to get confused. So on January 2017, I left my job. On February 2017, I found an email to the apartment, you know, the email for the interview. On March 2017, I I went to Europe for vacation for the whole month. And I actually launched my blog in the same month. I knew I my blog was going to start soon. So I launched my blog in that same month. And in April, we came back from Europe and now it was the waiting time. I didn't know for how long I was going to be waiting. You know, they didn't give me an exact time. In the month of April, I kept going. I kept emailing them, checking for um, a, up, uh, a progress. Wow. It's the month of April now, 2019. Here I am two years later. Two years later. And here I am recording in my apartment that I was so anxious about. Oh, glory to God. Anyway, so April, that was that month of, I kept, I kept bugging them. I was bugging them unapologetically. I wanted to know what happened. Do you need anything? I kept asking them, you guys need anything? Is is everything complete? They're like, yeah, we're just taking, we're just reviewing. We're reviewing. We're reviewing. That's all I kept getting all month. So I kept calling them, emailing them. Like I was so anxious. And so after a while, I was like, Dayla, you just have to wait. Stop, stop. Just, just wait. And so I didn't know, I thought I was going to be waiting for like a three months, four months. I just didn't know how long I was going to be waiting. And the waiting process for me was the longest process. Like I done submitted everything and I was going back and forth in my head, whether I got the apartment, didn't get the apartment, but I applied and then they got me, they invited me to the interview. So that means I made it to the second point. And so that means I'm like almost there. So there could be a possibility. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going back and forth in my mind. Um, and so May 1st roll around the corner, like, Hey, Dayla, what's up? And so I get a phone call and instantly the lady's like, Hey, when would you like to come in to look at your apartment? And I'm like, first of all, where's the congratulation? I didn't see it in the email. I didn't hear it from your voice. Like you just going to roll up on my phone and tell me when you go, when you want to look at your apartment apartment. So I was confused. So I was like, first of all, I don't have an apartment, (laughs) you know, like, what are you talking about? And so she's like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You got the apartment, but we want to know when do you want to come look at it? 
girl, I was like, my whole life changed that day. May 1st, 2017, my life completely transitioned 360. I was like, I went from, I got to go home and continue to wait to, okay, now I got to go to the furniture store and start looking at beds and start looking at couches and all of that. I should have been doing that before, but my anxiety will not let me do all of that. I really wasn't in a good state of mind to put together my whole decorating. I didn't know when it was coming, anything like that. And so I was filled with excitement, y'all. I was so excited. I just knew that this was God. Instantly, after hanging up the phone with her, I bawled into tears. I just knew it was God. I knew it was God. I wasn't, I, I didn't know how to pray at all, but I just knew he had something to do with the whole process. Um, and so in short, I was able to move in within that same month. I waste no time. I went to my mom's house and I packed up everything and I moved out, you know, little by little, cause I lived in the same area that I grew up in. I don't live too far from my mom, which is another testimony for another day. But, um, I live in a new development. I, I live in a new building. So my apartment is brand new. Is No one's lived here before. It's me. I have an amazing view. My back window has an amazing view. My front window has an amazing view. I can see Manhattan from... As soon as I open the door and I walk out of my apartment... I see Manhattan, like I have clear, clear windows. There's no one in front of me. I'm, I'm like in the, um, what do they call it? In the penthouse. I'm in a penthouse. So I'm in a, um, last floor of my building. It's absolutely beautiful. If you've been to my apartment then you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm humbly happy on where I am. Um, it was everything that I, that I didn't know I needed. Like I asked God for an apartment, but this right here, I ain't asked for all this. I, this is beyond of what I can even put together in my, in my head. I was just asking him for a space. I was like, I don't care if people live there before. I'll make it work with whatever I got. Cause I'm resourceful. But this right here, he gave me a brand new speaking apartment. It's beautiful. It's spacious. The kitchen is beautiful. The bathroom is amazing. The floor is great. I have amazing view. I can see the, the Washington bridge. I can see the Harlem bridge. I can see the Harlem river. I can see New York city. I can see the Eiffel tower from where I am. Like it's absolutely beautiful. It's everything I wanted. And more. So that was my process of um, my apartment. And I truly believe that my apartment is my miracle gift from God. My apartment is my my miracle gift from God. And which is why I love being here because this is my this is my happy place. This is where I pray and I talk to God all day. This is where it all goes down right here. My apartment is my prayer closet. And so funny enough, the next, the following year, 2018, I appeared on the New York Times talking about my experience applying for my apartment. And that wasn't even planned. I wasn't looking for that opportunity. You know, one day, uh, the manager of the building called me. He's like, hey, are you De La Sabio? I'm like, yes, this is me. And he's like, hey, I, I know a little bit about you. I would like for you to be on on the New York Times. They're looking to interview a few people from the building. And I just thought about you. And I was like, absolutely. New York Times, girl, let's do it. And so I was on the New York Times. I was interviewed for the New York Times a real estate article, which is entitled The Bronx is Great. And I'm going to leave the link below. And it reads... She was lucky. More than 58,000 applications were filed for 58 units in the building, said Gary Puente to Wavecrest Management, the company that handled the lottery process. No, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. No, I'm not lucky. I am blessed, honey. So 58,000 people applied for this building. When I tell you favor, grace, only God? Who but God? Now, let me let me go back a little bit. I know this, I, I keep, I'm, I'm stuck on this word. I didn't even know this before, but this says she was lucky. Nah, she was blessed. Thank you for, thank you for putting it out there, New York Times. She was not lucky. She was blessed because she believed. She believed in someone she didn't really know entirely, but she was blessed. I began my New York Housing Connect application 
in the month of September 2016-ish. I can't remember if it was like September or October or November, but it was around there. And so in the month of February 2017, that's when I received the email of inviting me to the interview. And so I had done that. So on May 2017, I got my apartment. The process was not long. The process was actually projected to last about two to three years. I was in my, I applied to my apartment in September. So by the ninth month, (laughs) something about this number nine, by the ninth month, I was already in my apartment. That is favor. That is grace. That is not luck. That has nothing to do with the universe. That is everything to do with God. It's everything to do with Jesus. Okay, she was not lucky. She was blessed. And so 58,000 people, little old me, out of all them thousands of people who were trying to apply, were able to get into the lottery and were able to get the lottery and get into this apartment. However, it doesn't stop there. I still had this feeling of there's got to be more. Like everything was happening so quick. I was like, oh, this is this is a lot. This is a lot to take in. My family didn't see this coming. I didn't see this seeing see this coming so soon. I was not prepared like this, but and so in the same week, y'all, listen to this. Y'all ready? In the same week of moving in, May 2017, I found myself. Now, let me point this out. In the year 2016 is when I started my job, May 2016. And that's the same month that I actually graduated. Here I am a year later, May 2017, moving into my apartment. And let's not talk about May 2018. May 2018 is actually, girl, listen, I have a lot of testimonies. I have a lot. I have a lot. Um, And so in the same week, going the same week I was moving out some little things out of my mom's apartment and I had like um, a shopping cart with, you know, a few, a few of my bags. And so I was pushing it up the hill on my block. There's like a little hill and I didn't know this before, but there was, there was like a little church around this hill and I'm, I'm pushing up the cart up the hill. And so there was two people standing out there and this person handed me a flyer and it was a church flyer. He was like, Hey, this is a church. We would love for you to come visit to the church sometime. And I was like, don't you see me pushing up this cart up the hill? I don't have time to talk about no church. I'm not a church person. Mind you, I took the flyer and I put it in my bag. When I got home, I did research First of all, what grabbed my attention of the flyer was that it was exquisite. It was done in excellence. Um, It looked expensive. (laughs) I like nice things. So nice things catch my eyes. And so I'm looking and I'm like, this is a nice flyer. So the next step was for me to look at the website, read up on the pastors a little bit. So I did. And so everything looked great. I learned they had eight kids. You know, they had a church in Jersey, but now they were in the Bronx. All of that. I did all my research, honey, and everything was up in the Internet. I, I just felt they were well put together. They were well established. And, uh, and so I told Shaq the same night. I was like, hey, babe, we got to go to this church. Everything that's going on in our life right now has got to do with God. So I want to learn more about what's happening to us. And plus, I want to get this home blessed. And so... We went to church that same Sunday. Mind you, that morning of going to church, we didn't know what to wear. Oh, gosh, we didn't know what to wear because all we knew about church, let me speak for myself. All I knew about church is long skirts, people falling asleep, people humming, humming a song, the the pastor preaching something nobody understands, or maybe at least that I don't understand, and people with um, big hats fanning themselves it's hot hot in the church and um people giving you a dirty look because you got a little skin showing that's all all i knew about church and i was like i don't want any parts of that i don't if listen i'm gonna give this a shot our goal is to go in there and ask the pastors to come bless our house and um everything else we're gonna figure it out but i am not a church person i didn't grow up in church i don't know 
too much about God. All I know is that he's real. And he showed me a few months ago that he's real. And that's it. But let me point out that this was completely orchestrated by God himself. He knew that he knew many years ago before I was in my mother's womb that I was going to walk into this church and my life was going to be completely transformed and that I didn't know on that day, on that day of going to the church that I was going to be different coming out. So the name of the church is Dunamis Deliverance Discipleship Ministries. Pastor Marcel Langhorn is the senior pastor and the co-pastor of the church is Ruth Langhorn. I learned that they had eight kids. This was, listen, I sat in the audience for that Sunday and ever since I never stopped coming. It's It's been two years and a half and I never stopped coming. Today, let me tell you, I had a moment of realization they came, the pastors came to bless our house. They came and blessed our house. And their instant reaction was, we don't have to, this house is already blessed. This is amazing. This is already blessed. And so they were like, have you given your life to Christ? We were like, no, we've never done that. How can we do that? What do we have to fill out? We were so new, y'all. Um, And so they were like, this is what you have to do when you get by yourself alone. You confess to God that he is your Lord and Savior. I gave my life to Christ in that same month. And when I tell you, I felt this immense amount of peace. All I kept saying was, how come nobody told me about Jesus? Nobody told me about God. I started to look at everybody that I knew around me that was that was Christians and knew about God. I was like, so y'all just gonna let me walk around here not knowing about Jesus, not knowing that he's a missing piece to my puzzle. So nobody going to nobody's going to witness to me. So I had to come all the way this far in life just to find out he's the ultimate source of life to know that he is the king of kings, that he is the prince of peace. And he he sees everything from the beginning and the end. And he's everything that I need, that he has my identity. He has my purpose. He ha- he knows where I'm going. I lived in this world for 22 plus years, not knowing who, who I was. And here I am that you could have told me before, but you never did. Cause you were so emotional in your feelings about who God was. And so that's why I go so hard for God too, because I always go for that one person that doesn't know that they need God. That's why I talk about God so boldly. That's why I'm so on fire for Christ because my thing when I first got saved was, how come no one told me? I look at the people in, in my family, my friends who knew about God, who never told me about God in the way I knew him. But then I had to learn. I learned this, y'all. People know God. People know of God, but they don't really know him. People know of God. It, there's a difference. You can know that God is good all the time. Amen. But not have a relationship with him. Instantly, I fell in in love with Christ. I fell in love with him. I had a relationship with him. I started to to learn about his word. I started to learn his voice. My my life was completely transformed, completely. And so, like I said at the beginning, I knew there was more to life. And I felt like my life in the year of 2017 came to a full circle just a few months ago in the month of January. I left my job with that hope of finding that 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 feeling, that emptiness, feeling in that emptiness, because I knew there was something there was something else. This couldn't be it. There had to be more to life. I gave my life to Christ. In that month of May, in the month of August, I was baptized in water, completely turning away from my old life and beginning my new life with Christ. My life changed. I wouldn't trade my love for Christ for nothing. I have nothing missing, nothing lacking. I find everything I need at the presence of God. He is everything I need. He is my joy. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my my jewel. I love 
God. I love Jesus. I love being in his presence. And I only say that to you because I want you to know that there is more out there. There is more. I share with you my testimony. At the beginning, I didn't want to because I felt like I wasn't ready. But God is saying now is the time. You must let them know that you have you have been in their place before that just two years ago, you were lost. You were confused. You didn't have a purpose. You were, you were looking for me in different places that you couldn't find me. But now that you're in my presence and you know my voice, you know where you're going. You have a purpose. You have a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 signifies your life right now. You have a I have a hope in the future for you. And you believe that you are marked. I have saved you. You are not a slave anymore. You are not a slave to anxiety. You are not a slave to fear. You are not a slave to your mind. You belong to me. You belong to me. And so my life came to a full circle when I realized that the missing piece to my puzzle all along was something I didn't know I was looking for. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I knew there was something else to life, but I couldn't wrap my finger around it. I didn't know what that was. But on this day, I stand to you as a woman of God, proud woman of God. I am a kingdom builder. Just a few days ago, I finished reading the Old Testament. And that I, I know some of you like you real biblically nerdy, but that to me is a, an accomplishment. And I am so excited for what's next. Here I am at the end of this month, April, April, Saturday, April 27th, I will be bringing forth the word in the woman's service at my church. I am a leader at my church. Like who could have, who would have thought I didn't come from church or anything like that. But God knew that on this day, I was going to be sharing this with you. He knew that on, a, he knew the day I was going to give my life to him. He knew the day that I was going to um, be baptized. He knew all of this, but I didn't. I had that feeling like something was about to change. Something is about to happen. I didn't know exactly what it was. So this is not for everybody. I know my testimony is not for everybody, but this is for that one person who feels like they're alone and that there's no way out and they're feeling like there has to be something else to life. I am a living testimony to tell you that there is something else to life and everything that you need, you will find at the presence of God, everything that you need. And so if you're listening to this and you want to give your life to Christ, I will like to walk you through the process and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. And this prayer is for that person who want to transform their life, who want to give their life to Christ, who want to feel that sense of peace, who want to do things differently, who have been looking for something in in so many different places, but not have been able to find it. That person who is ready for their new life, that person who maybe you have been living with Christ, maybe you have already given your life to Christ and you want to re-edify your relationship with him. Maybe you want to... um refresh that relationship with him that pray this prayer right here is for you and I just need you to repeat after me and let's get this work because there's more greater waiting for you on the other side heavenly father I thank you for this day I thank you, Lord God, that there is more to my life. I thank you, Father, that you have seen the beginning and the ending of my life. I thank you, Lord God, that you have known me before I was in my mother's womb. On this day, I am ready to start over. I completely give my life to you. I surrender, God. You take over from this point on. I have tried everything in my power to make things work, but it has not been working. I am ready to change my ways, Lord God, and try something different. So you are the change that I want to surrender to on this day. Father, I give you my life. I understand that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe in my heart, Lord God, that you are my Lord and Savior. And on, on this day, I decree and declare that my life will never be the, be, be the same. And I also pray that I will not return back to the place where I'm trying to leave that I will be turned away for good and that on this change on this day it will be marked 
down in my history and my family line and that they will look back in this day and say and say because of your yes we're able to say yes and so I thank you I thank you God for giving me another opportunity to change my life it is in Jesus name that I solidify this prayer amen and that's it you gave your life to Christ you refresh your your relationship with Christ And now you just got to watch him work, watch him work. And that wraps up this podcast episode for today. Stay tuned for the next podcast episode where I will be sharing my entrepreneurial testimony. This episode, I discuss more of my personal testimony with my apartment and introduction to my relationship with Christ. But on the next one, I'm going to talk about my entrepreneur journey and how God was able to move and lead me. So with that being said, I will see you guys next week. Bye guys.